some ways I was getting worse, but I didn't realize it. So every time I would go in, you know, to the doctor and fill out that form of, you know, how are you feeling? How many times I went from one to two times a week that I was sad to three to four times a week. And now it's like all seven days, progressively watching myself get worse and worse. And then um, I went through a lot in my life, ended up having a very, very traumatic birth experience with my youngest one. And after that, my meds weren't working anymore. I was completely maxed out on everything. So of course we had to switch the meds because once you run out, you have to do something else. You can't just keep going up. So we switched the meds and that did not go well. At that point in time, I was already gluten-free because I'd figured out that it was actually affecting my heart. I got what was akin to AFib, but they couldn't diagnose it as AFib because it just wasn't quite right. But I would skip every other beat and then I would pass out because, you know, 30 beats a minute really isn't enough. (laughs) Welcome to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. On this podcast, I bring you information, education, advice, and tips from healthcare professionals, scientists, doctors, and everyday people who have changed their lives and health through diet, lifestyle, and mindset change creative juices are flowing and I have some amazing guests lined up. Um, Today I'm so excited for you guys to hear my conversation that I had with the amazing Amy Bellander. Um, She's known over on Instagram and YouTube as Carnivore's Angels and she's doing some amazing things within the community. She is helping so many people so I just had to have her on. We talk about her journey Um, from losing over 120 pounds to kids. (laughs) She has nine kids, you guys. She has a little mini homestead, too. Um, If you tune into her channel, you need to subscribe. It's Carnivore's Angel, and she has such, um, you know, fun recipes in there. She has, you know, she shares her everyday struggles. She shares her story, um, You know, most recently she's kind of been going through a little, you know, some health issues and she shares all about that. And like, you know, we talk about in the episode, I can really relate, you know, to just, you know, having all these um, issues and not really knowing where to turn um, and not feeling your best, even with a carnivore diet. Um, So we talk all about her journey with her mental health. Um, she's gotten off of all of her antidepressants, which is quite amazing. Um, and she shares her story about how her kids got taken away from her. Um, 
and how scary that was and how that was just a big turning point for her um, to just reclaim her health, her life, um, to make sure, you know, a situation like that never happened again. And I just commend her. I love her. Um, and I hope that you, you know, find something in her story today that will help you along your journey. And, you know, I recently um, went to a workshop that her and the amazing Emily Penton, um, which if you go back, <laughs> I'm not sure what episode it is. I'd have to look that up. Um, but I did interview Emily Penton a while back, and she's one of my dear friends. Um, and they are having a workshop called Beyond Carnivore, and I will put a link to the Facebook group um, to the the link. I don't know if you can still sign up, um, but definitely reach out to them. And, you know, it's just amazing, you know, what we can do when we pull together as a community, when we share our resources, because um, sometimes carnivore is not enough and we need to tweak our macros or we need to, you know, do different things um, to figure out what's going to work for us. Um, it's not just simply a numbers game. And so I love this conversation today and we go into dyes, you guys. <laughs> um, and that is something I learned so much from talking to Amy. I definitely am going to have to switch up, um, you know, dyeing my hair. I know, I'm kind of known for this bright hair, um, and I love it, And but t after talking to Amy, I don't know if I should be dyeing my hair anymore. <laughs> um, at least find a natural brand. So if you know of any cool natural brands, um, let me know, because I do like the bright colors, but for the sake of my health and everything else, I am willing to stop that. Um, and so, yeah, we talk about dyes in everything from food, you know, what's in our food, um, to our environment, to everyday, you know, things that we use every day, um, you know, all the things, you know, whatever we put on our skin, um, you know, we even go into tattoos, <laughs> and I have a few of those. Um, so I hope that you enjoy this conversation today, and I promise you guys I will be having an episode each week from now on. No more skipping um, a month or so um, for you guys. And next, my next interview is going to be with somebody that um, did the 90-day fat loss challenge with me, the chisel um, challenge, who, um, you know, I was recently in a round table um, with on um, Steak and Butter Gal's channel. So if you haven't seen that video, you need to check it out because it's just a woman's perspective of going through that program. And I'm having to announce that I am going through it again um, right now. And so I'm going through that one again. Um, I am trying to kind of change my macros too a little bit while still feasting. I'm trying to add more fat. Um, and I'm doing just slightly less protein and I am actually tracking everything and I am, you know, updating you guys. If you check out my YouTube channel, which is Rock and Rosa Wellness, um, be sure to go check that out and check out that interview that we did with Bella. Um, I am going to be having the lovely Jesse um, Henrad on my podcast. So I'm going to be interviewing her next week. 
And so um, that'll be a great interview. So that will be my next interview. Um, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, don't forget to rock your best life. Welcome back to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. With me today, I have the beautiful Amy um, of Carnivore's Angel. And we are today we're going to talk about her amazing story um, with her health and her weight loss. And we're also going to talk about some of the dangers of a, the, a really important ingredient that's found in everything. <laughs> so oh my welcome, welcome, Amy. Thank you. Yes, you are so very welcome. Thank you for having me on here. And you're right. It's literally in everything. <laughs> yes. And it's something that I I um, know firsthand with my son, who really suffered from focus issues and behavioral issues that have just out of the gate, <laughs> a young age. And uh, we saw whenever he had anything with you know, what we're going to talk about today, which is dyes, <laughs> um, anything with any of the dyes, he was like a whole different person, just couldn't focus. It was just running around like a crazy person, basically, you know. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to watch. Uh, my kids just recently had a run in as well. And they're just, they're different people. Yes. Um, our brains are affected by everything we put in our body, but you know, some of the toxins are just you know, obvious, right? Oh my goodness. Yes, absolutely. So where would you like me to start? Well, let's start first with your amazing story. I actually was introduced to you um, from Bella, Steak and Butter Gal, um, because I have followed, you know, her story, her content, you know, um, since she, be, she, she started a couple of years ago. And um, I was introduced to from her and I was amazed by what you had to say and then of course your story and how you do it all because you have nine kids just a few yeah just a few kids <laughs> I know I only I only have two and that's enough for me you know? <laughs> so I can't imagine how you handle it all um and you know all your health struggles along the way too so yeah, let's start at the beginning. Um, where did it start for you with your health journey and how did you find keto and carnivore? Um, so go ahead. Alrighty. So I have always been on the larger side. When I was a senior in high school, I was 175 pounds and I'm five foot eight normally. And that is kind of where I've always been. I think that was the lowest weight that I've been since I was a teenager. So it was always there, but I hit it very well because I, I hold all of my weight in my lower body. So you can't see it as much. And I, at the age of 13, had to go on birth control pills. Mm. And that was because my cycle was such a mess. And my hormones were all over the place and I had developed depression already and was suicidal when I was about 17. So I was on birth control pills and that, that worked for a while until I decided I wanted to have kids. So of course, you know, you kind of have to go off the birth control pills, 
went off the birth control pills, got pregnant with the first one. Everything was pretty good. I mean, honestly, it was, it was pretty good. And with the second one, I developed some pretty severe postpartum depression. I had a really tough time connecting to him, wanting to do anything with either one of my boys at that point in time. So of course, went to the doctor and they said, oh, well, this is, you know, pretty normal. And so we're going to put you on some medications and it's just going to be for a little bit, you know, to get you past this hump. And looking back over my past and my genetics, my mom has always been on medication for depression and anxiety. And I knew that this was the beginning of the end. It's like, I am never going to get off these meds. I just know it because I'm following the same steps and the same path that she did. And so I was just, I just accepted it. This is my genetics. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, it's the bad roll of the dice, just the way it is. And for years, I continued to take more and more and more medications, adding more because it was never enough. Uh, in some ways I did get better. In some ways I was getting worse, but I didn't realize it. So every time I would go in, you know, to the doctor and fill out that form of, you know, how are you feeling? How many times I went from one to two times a week that I was sad to three to four times a week. And now it's like all seven days, progressively watching myself get worse and worse. And then um, I went through a lot in my life, ended up having a very, very traumatic birth experience with my youngest one. And after that, my meds weren't working anymore. I was completely maxed out on everything. So of course we had to switch the meds because once you run out, you have to do something else. You can't just keep going up. So we switched the meds and that did not go well. At that point in time, I was already gluten-free because I had figured out that it was actually affecting my heart. I got what was akin to AFib, oh. but they couldn't diagnose it as AFib because it just wasn't quite right. But I would skip every other beat and then I would pass out because, you know, 30 beats a minute really isn't enough. <laughs> so wow. ended up having an ablation, then figured out it was the gluten that was really affecting it. So I'd been, I'd been gluten-free for about 10 years and we were on our way with my brand new little baby over to the psychiatrist's office for my checkup with my new medications, starving. So we drove through, because it was like a 25, 30 minute drive to the doctor's office, drove through Arby's. I'm already gluten-free. So I ordered just the meat, no sauce, no bun. We go through the drive-through, we pull away and I open up my container and you can see the little bread particles on the meat. So I think what they had done is they had taken the sandwich, made the sandwich, went, oh, she can't have this, taken the bun off and then put the meat into the container because you could see the little breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to be late. We don't have a chance to turn around and go back. So I pick off the bread and I eat it. About 30 minutes later, we're sitting in the psychiatrist's office and just so happens that that's about how long it takes for gluten to give me a massive panic attack whenever I get cross-contamination. So sitting in my psychiatrist's office, I began freaking out and crying and falling apart. And my psychiatrist looks at me and she looks at my husband and she looks down at the baby in the car seat. And she says, how often does this happen? And we tried to explain to her that it's only when I get gluten. And of course she's thinking I'm nuts. So she said, I'll be right back. Leaves the room. 
comes back in and says, Amy, it looks like you could use a break. And I'm like, well, what mom couldn't use a break, you know, brand new baby, colic, all that. And she says, um, I think you could use a couple of days off. And I'm like, that sounds great, but no mom gets to do that. And she said, well, actually the sheriff's deputy is going to be here in about 30 minutes to escort you over 15 minutes to escort you over to the ER. Oh my God. She called a suicide watch on me and there was nothing we could do about it. So I now have this 5150 on my record forever. And I was taken away from my family for three days. No, Amy. Wow. And at that point in time, I realized I can't let other people dictate what will happen with me because I was never suicidal, nor was I a danger to my kids. I was sad. Yes. I was very anxious. I was very nervous, but I was never going to hurt anybody. Mm -hmm. So to have that placed on me and my freedom taken away from me for my own good, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. was terrifying. So for three days, I was in this institute where they watched me, gave me my meds. And of course, they don't believe in gluten-free over there. Yeah. So, you know, I can barely eat. I filled up on eggs and bacon in the morning. Uh, I was still pretty standard American diet. So I ate, if it was unbreaded chicken, I would eat that. I would eat the rice, salad, things like that. Mm -hmm. I managed to do pretty good and got out. And I said, okay, that's enough. I have to find a way to be able to manage my own health and get off these medications. Because if something happens and I can't get my medications, I used to have nightmares that I would go on a trip and I would forget my six bottles of medication. And I would literally wake up in a cold sweat and my heart would be pounding. It was like, this is not okay. Yeah. So I was truly convinced that if I could just lose weight, because by this point in time, I'm almost 275 pounds. I'm convinced that if I could just lose weight, I would be happy. And that's what my problem really has been this whole time because I've been overweight my whole life. So if I could just lose weight, I'll get happy and I can get off my medications. Mm -hmm. I've been resistant to every, I've tried everything except for keto. I've been resistant to keto because that is a fad diet and it's going to pass and it's not going to work. Yeah, so I refused, yeah. I refused to fall for it. I wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm standing in line by myself, checking out at Walmart. First time I've gone shopping by myself after getting out of the uh, institution where I was. And I look up and there's this magazine and it says, Keto saves woman's life. And I said, okay, I can take a hint. Fine. Last ditch effort. I'm desperate. So I, you know, kind of started looking into keto a little bit. And after about two weeks of researching, I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. Started on, it was like January 14th. And my husband and I were, we went out to eat, but it was our date night that night. And all day long, I've been on my phone with this app and I've been plugging all my food into this app and we're at dinner and he goes, okay, what are you doing? (laughs) <laughs> and I said, well, I'm going to try keto. We're, we're going to see what happens. So I've been plugging in my food every day. And he goes, okay, you, I'm glad, you know, you know, that's what you're going to do. That works. He's like, I, I'm curious though. I want to do it. I want to, I want to 
plug my phone, you know, numbers in into this app. So what app is it? So I tell him he downloads it and he starts plugging in all of his food. And he goes, um, what, what, what are you supposed to be at for carbs? And I said, well, at the time we were doing net carbs, you know, got fooled by that, but yeah, he, uh, I told him 20 net carbs and he goes, so, um, I think I'm going to start tomorrow. And I said, why, what are you at? It was like 386. Oh, wow. (laughs) Something like that, you know? And so 12 hours I had to do it by myself and then he joined me. So that was, that was really, really nice. Uh, fast forward about six months, I've started losing weight. I've noticed a lot of other really amazing things. And one morning my eyes pop open and I felt something electrically connect inside of my brain. Mm. And I reached over and I shook my husband and I woke him up and I said, "Hun, I think I can come off my medication. And he was like, please. No, <laughs> yes. been there, done that. And I said, no, there's something truly different. I can feel it. Like I can feel my brain working and clearing out. So he says, you know what, if you really think that you can do that, then let's call call the doctor. Let's call the psychiatrist and ask her, you know, what we have to do and talk to her about it. I made the mistake of using the four letter word, keto, (laughs) big mistake. Don't ever say that. So I told her I found keto and I think I can come off my meds. And she got a little upset. She got very frustrated and said that the only way I was ever going to come off of my medication is if I went fully plant-based. Oh gosh. And if I did that and really truly committed then I could begin weaning off of my medications and explained to me how to do it. Cause it's not just, you know, stop taking them. I was on yeah. some pretty hardcore meds and they can cause physical brain damage if you just end them. Wow. So she, she told me how to do it and told me the only way to do it was, you know, with, uh, with plants alone. <laughs> so I told her, thank you so much for letting me know. And I would let her know how it turned out. So over the next, it was supposed to be six months of weaning myself off. It was actually five months because I accidentally spilled the last little bit. I was cutting the pills into quarters, teeny tiny little pills. And I dropped the pill cutter and it hit the bottle and it knocked it down the sink. Whoops. <laughs> a little bit earlier, but I managed in five months to get off of all of my medications and the freedom that I felt after quitting all of those pills was intoxicating. Mm, And at that moment I knew I was sold. I was never going to go back on medications ever again. About a year into my keto journey, year and a couple months, we had a tragedy in the family where our 14 year old niece very suddenly passed away. And I've got a 14-year-old daughter and a 16-year-old stepdaughter at this point in time, plus a bunch of other kids. Yeah. And it hit me really, really hard. And I began to panic a little bit. And I felt that anxiety and that fear creeping up. And it was reminiscent of where I had been before I went on medications. And so I panicked. Mm -hmm. And I had heard that carnivore, 
was the ultimate mental health diet. Yes. And so I decided I was going to go carnivore because I was, I was already pretty close anyways. I'd kind of gotten off a lot of the veggies and reduced a bunch of them because they weren't making me feel good. Gotten rid of all the almond flour, everything, and slowly weaned myself off all of them, doing the complete opposite of what my psychiatrist had suggested. <laughs> yeah. And I had heard from several sources that the only way to truly heal your body was to go grass-fed, grass-finished, only beef with organ meats and unsalted Kerrygold butter. Mm. So I decided that that was the form of carnivore I was going to do. And I switched from commercial beef that I've been getting from the grocery store, along with chicken and pork and eggs and cheese and everything else, to just grass-fed, grass-finished beef with organ meats mixed in and unsalted Kerrygold butter. And for about four and a half months, that's all I ate. Wow. I was not listening to my body. I was not paying attention to the feedback that my body was attempting to give me. I was down to about 500 calories a day. Wow. I could no longer chew my food because if I were to chew and swallow, my esophagus, my throat would physically close off mm-hmm. and the food would attempt to come out my nose Oh, wow! because it, it refused to let me eat anymore. And yet I was convinced that this was the way to do it because someone said it has to be this way for you to be able to heal. And one morning I'm standing at the counter trying to swallow my frozen chunks of food with water because this is the only way I can get in even 500 calories a day. And my husband comes in and he goes, that's enough. He's like, you're terrifying me. Because you don't see it, but you're starting to slide back down again. Mm-hmm. It's a different way. He's like, but this is not you. He's like, what sounds good? And I started crying and I said, eggs and regular butter with cheese. And he goes, how many eggs? Six, a dozen, two dozen. <laughs> he goes, I don't care what it is. Eat something. So I made myself, it was four eggs with regular butter. And I think I put some cheese on top of it. Mm-hmm. And within 20 minutes, I felt my brain open back up again. I was actually yeah. able to swallow the food. I was able to enjoy it. I finally felt a little bit of energy and a little bit of peace come back. And at that moment, I realized I have to stop listening to everybody else. Yes. I have to find what's going to work for me because obviously what everyone else says is going to work doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And there began my journey about a year and a half into my low carb was my journey of finding what's going to work for me, Mm -hmm. trying different things and beginning to discover what my body can handle because I, I realized, even though we are all humans, mm-hmm. we're very different in our life experiences, the medications that we've taken, the infections 
the diseases that we have had. This is why even standard American diet people who a family can eat the same thing every single day, day in, day out. Mm -hmm. And yet the mom ends up with diabetes. The dad ends up with cancer. Mm -hmm. The children end up with ADHD. They all end up with different problems, even though they're eating the exact same thing. So it makes sense that even if I'm eating exactly what some carnivore tells me to eat or some low carb person, I'm not getting the same results as them as unfair as that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the truth. So my quest and my passion has become, it depends. There is no one size fits all and you're not alone. Uh, a sweet friend of mine, Emily Penton from carnivore minds and inner clarity systems. She did a poll with her people. And she said, you know, did you get the results that you wanted from carnivore? 80% came back and said, no. Yes. And I was one of them. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I I have gotten all of the health benefits. Yes. But in the beginning, I was doing exactly what you just talked about. I was following all these people. I was trying all the different methods, high fat, low fat, salt, electrolyte. You know, you have to find what works for you. But I did gain 20 pounds and everyone else is losing weight. Um, And granted, I came from pretty much almost carnivore anyway, like you, like you, you know, I'd gone down that road. But yeah, we have to listen to our bodies. We are all different, right? A hundred percent. And that's why I created my Facebook group and my mighty network. And I'm, I'm the pretty strict mom. I've got nine kids. I don't deal with crap. I don't accept it. I do not accept it from children. And I certainly don't from adults either. So I have kicked several people out because they come in and they presume to tell people what they should do. Oh, okay. And I'm like, but that didn't work for that person. It didn't work for me. I've been called a joke in my own groups. They left very quickly. They, they, I hope that the door didn't hit them on the way out, but I want to create a place where I don't care what you're doing. As long as you are getting the results that you are looking for. I don't care if you're super strict, all in carnivore beef only and salt and water. I love you. I don't care if you are plant heavy. I don't, I don't care as long as you are getting what you are looking for and you do not force it on anyone else and you do not shame anyone else. Those are my requirements for being in my group. I love that. I, and I'm in your group too. Um, (laughs) and I love how your group just, you know, doesn't judge Mm -hmm. and we're all doing different things in there. Um, and it's so supportive and, and you just have an amazing supportive community. And that's one of the comments that I see frequently is that they just, they're so grateful for a place that they can be honest and open with what they're doing. A bunch of them have said, I've never said this publicly before, but this is what I struggle with. Because they're so afraid of being judged, of being told that they're failing, that they're not doing it right. They're not, you know, carnivore harder. 
<laughs> all yeah. the time. And, and you know what? This reminds me of the same mentality of veganism. You know, if we're just going to be um, so hard on each other, just like, you know, the, you know, other people, plant-based people, like we're no better, you Mm-mm. know, uh, we need to be supporting people in their journeys. What works for me is not going to work for you. You know, we're all different. Exactly. And it's been, it's been amazing to do this as a mom and as a wife to see that, you know, of course I make dinner, I make lunch, I make breakfast, everyone eats the same thing. And yet each child ends up needing their own form of this low carb diet. And I'll be honest with you, my littler kids, most of my older kids are all grown and gone at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But the little kids need their own things. Yeah. And they are lower carb. I do allow them right now um, things like rice. I think mm-hmm. it's the lesser of a lot of the evils. <laughs> yeah. But with this many kids and animals, I can't afford to feed everybody, you know, meat and cheese and eggs only. I just can't. And I've got a couple who, if that's all there is to eat, they won't eat. They just period will not eat for days because their bodies, just like mine, will not let them eat the food. They'll be trying to eat it and they'll start gagging at the table. So with my kids, my younger ones, they get to have rice. They get to have, you know, one serving of rice every day, half cup. That's it. We measure it out. They get one apple or one orange or one serving of berries, little things like that. But there's one kid, this poor kid. Oh, my stepson, he can't have bananas. They make him throw up anywhere from 48 to 72 hours later. He can't have green beans. They'll make him throw up within six hours. He can't have hardly, like there's so many things that he can't have. And he watches his sisters eat these things. And so we try to find what they can have. My kids get Lily's chocolate chips. Mm Mm-hmm. They get to have electrolyte drinks. They get to have fun things as well. And we'll make keto chow donuts and things like that so that they can still enjoy being a kid. But there's some things that we absolutely can't go back to. And the artificial dyes come to find out are one of those bedrock foundational things that we can never cross back over into. When we first took them keto, we thought it was all the sugar and we thought it was all the, you know, the carbs that were causing the problems. And then we realized we removed artificial dyes when we took our kids low carb Mm -hmm. because they weren't eating processed foods anymore. Yeah. And so that was really amazing. Um, One of our kids started acting out again, like he was getting, the carbs. And I'm like, you're with me. You're homeschooled. You never leave the house. And I know exactly what you're eating. What's going on. And he would, he used to shake and ball up his fists and his whole body would shake and he would start crying. He would be so angry. And then he would start hitting his sisters. This is like the loviest, sweetest kid ever. And he was having these raging attacks and we're just so confused as to what's going on. One of my older sons was downstairs and he called up, I'm confronting this child who has now slugged his sister in the stomach because she 
wanted to change the game or something ridiculous. And my older son calls up from downstairs and he says, mom, I thought you said you didn't want me taking anything with artificial dyes in it. And I said, yeah, I don't. And he goes, the Zyrtec, the off-brand Zyrtec has Blue Lake One in it. (gasps) Oh, And I look at my stepson and at the same time we went, that's what's wrong. We took away the medication that he was on and within 24 hours, he was back to normal. Oh my gosh. And that's when we realized when we went keto, we took away all of the bright colored toothpaste. We got rid of the mouthwash. We got rid of the cereal. We got rid of the crackers. We got rid of everything that had those artificial dyes in it. And I couldn't afford to buy all the keto treats for the kids. Way too expensive. So we made our own stuff and I knew what was in it all. So that was kind of our revelation as to how dangerous these dyes can be because my kids can have rice. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't affect them. They can have fruit and it doesn't affect them. But those dyes, they are different people with those dyes. Yeah, so it's, ama- it's amazing how it, it happens almost like instantaneously. So fast, mm-hmm. it travels up to the brain, you know, and that's pretty scary. You know, even a small amount. Um, yes. My, my stepdaughter, which we didn't, we didn't know at the time, um, she, at the age of five had been diagnosed with ADHD and it was a rightful diagnosis. I I've worked in childcare or in schools my whole life. And I know when kids are misdiagnosed Mm -hmm. and she was rightfully diagnosed. She used to fall out of her chair several times a day at school because she just was wiggling and moving all of the time and she couldn't hold still and she would fall out of the chair and she'd hit yeah. the floor. So, and then you, you teach her a new concept like adding and she'd just look at you like you're speaking Greek and she'd blink really slowly and go, I don't know what she's talking about. And she'd just run away. And so we ended up having to medicate her because she couldn't hold still. And it was just, it was sad. It was scary because she was a shell of who she used to be mm-hmm. with these medications. They just suppressed her. They, they dumbed her down, honestly. And the, the spaciness got worse. The, you couldn't teach her anything. And then you'd say, you know, what'd you learn at school today? And she'd start crying. I don't remember. I don't know. I mean, she was just a wreck. And shortly after that, I went keto and Richard and I both went keto and and I saw something that said that it can help with ADHD in children. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to her mom and I said, what do you think? And she goes, anything, anything to get her off these medications because it's breaking my heart. So the two houses agreed to both go low carb for this child. So we did it and we, we were able to get her off of her medications. Come to find out almost every single one of those ADHD medications has some of the highest concentrations of artificial dyes of any medication. 
if you look at the capsules, the little gel caps, one half of it is dark, dark, dark blue. And the other half is bright pink. Yeah. Or you've got orange and yellow or red and green. And they're really, really brightly colored. And the purpose for this is so that people know what medication they're taking. Because if everything's white and it's all shaped the same size, you know, then it's hard to tell. So that's why they do it. But even if you were to pop it open and take just the stuff inside, those two are coated and have artificial dyes inside of them. Oh my it's not just a powder. There's little, little tiny granules mm-hmm. that are encapsulated. So you're getting layer upon layer of these artificial dyes. And most kids are experiencing ADHD or ADD because of artificial dyes. Yeah. Simply that is it. So we're adding to the problem and then giving them enough drugs to overcome what we've given them plus what they are getting on a daily basis. And a lot of it depends on socioeconomic status. The poorer a family is, the more artificial dyes that family consumes because they are on things like food stamps and food stamps only buy you so many things. They go to food pantries and those have the the foods that are going to last the longest that can stay on the shelf and are full of the most junk. And so a lot of times the ones that are in the hardest situations are the ones that have the children that are obese, that have the children that are on, you know, ADHD medications or need to be that can't sit still. Those are the ones that the adults are having the hardest time too. 50% of the children that are affected by artificial dyes grow out of it in their teen years and then into their adult years, they'll grow out of it. But that means that 50% don't. Mm-hmm. So how many adults are experiencing ADHD symptoms, depression, bipolar, anger, road rage, simply from the cereal or the donuts and the sprinkles, their toothpaste, their mouthwash, their shampoo, their conditioner, their body wash, their makeup, all of those things, the Sharpies that you're drawing on your skin with, those are all artificial dyes. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even think about the Sharpies. Yes. As, as kids, teenagers, um, I used to dye my hair with it. <laughs> yes. And I know some adults who have found out that tattoos, mm-hmm. they can't handle the tattoos either. And they've actually had to have them removed uh-huh. because of the artificial dyes in the tattoos. And immediately once those are gone, their whole life changes. Oh my gosh. I so, didn't think about the tattoos. I know. Uh, and so the tattoos, the ink affects you long after you've already had it. Yep. Cause it just, mm-hmm. it stays underneath your skin. Mm-hmm. And that color is an artificial dye. Oh my gosh. That just stays there and continually releases for years and years. Oh boy. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Yes. And you know, I have a lot of tattoos. <laughs> but you know what? You seem to be handling them fine. So that's okay. Yes. Well, you know, and I have had a lot of, you know, digestive issues long before I ever had tattoos. But I often, I often wondered if, um, 
the tattoos did affect like autoimmune um, type symptoms, you know, because I've had all kinds of autoimmune sy- symptoms throughout the years. Um, but yeah, we just don't realize what, what we're putting in our body, on our body that could affect these things. Yes. And that's, I think one of the biggest things that I've discovered along my health journey is this is so much more than food. Yes. Like food is the foundation. I thoroughly believe that. I think that so many people have found 75, 95% of their healing through their food, because sometimes you, you can't think about all the rest of this stuff. You have to start somewhere and food is a foundation that you can start at. And by doing that, the inflammation reduces and their brain is able to clear up and they're able to move in the right direction. But then when food isn't enough, you have to take it another step further and you begin to look at and learn about a lot of these external problems, the, the chemicals like scented candles the cooking on plastic, you know, reheating your food on plastic in the microwave. And then these things like artificial dyes, and we begin to slowly one step at a time, clean up our lives. And so many people want instant gratification. They want, you know, the Amazon healing, you order it and two days later, it's at your doorstep. Yeah. The detoxes and, you know, Exactly. So I think there's so many pieces to this puzzle. It's yes, food is a big part of it. And the artificial dyes is another big part of it. Oxalates are another big part of it for a lot of people. And then we have your macros within your food. Because once you get your food figured out, you go low carb, you find out that there's more nuance to it than that. And I thought all I had to do was go low carb and I'd be good, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's just so many things, your sleep, getting outside in nature, these computers, these smart watches, these phones, these lights that we have all around us are affecting our circadian rhythms. They are disrupting our body's natural flow of being in alignment to where things are going to work properly. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of these electronics have the potential to cause problems like cancer. Because sometimes you're eating all the right things and yet you still end up with cancer. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. There has to be another external factor that is playing in. And if we're in front of these computers on our smart devices, we're sleeping with them charging right by our bedside table, right next to us. We're inside isolated from the world and the earth is a giant magnet, Mm -hmm. has the ability to help realign ourselves and get them to communicate properly by simply taking off your shoes, taking off your socks, going and finding a patch of dirt, a little bit of grass and standing in it and just being quiet, get rid of these electronics and it can change your life in such amazing ways to just be still meditation. There's, there's just so many things. And some people go, this is unattainable. I am never going to be able to do all of these things. Yeah. And the the great thing is you don't have to. Yeah. You just do what works for you. Like, you know, I'm very passionate about once I figured this out a couple of years ago through my son um, introduced me to meditation. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm not, I don't do it, you know, every day. I do it when I can, but I know that it helps me so much. And then I try to watch the sunrise, you know. I can't really see it come up over the horizon because I live in Colorado. Live right, there's mountains in the way, darn it. <laughs> but um, but if I can see the sunlight in my eyes when I first wake up and then I put my feet on the grass and, and you know, everyone probably thinks I'm crazy, but I don't care because I feel good when I do these things, you know. Yeah. And, and just do what you can when you can. It's hard for us to get off our computers when we do it for a living, <laughs> um, but we can moderate it. You know, we can do some things to help us. Absolutely. I mean, just any step in the right direction. And for some people, they only have to do 25% of this stuff and they're good. They're completely done. Then there's people that have to literally do 99% of this stuff before they find their healing. And this is why no one size fits all. Food is not the end all be all answer. It's so much more than that. And this is why I really want to encourage people to go against the dogma and find your own path. You have to you have to continue your education. You have to listen to what other people are doing. Try it. If it works for you, fantastic, but do not pull an Amy and go four and a half months of barely eating because somebody said you should. No, yeah. I know. And it's hard. And that's why I decided to join like Bella's community and then your community. Um, because I, I just had, you know, information overload. I'm trying to find all these things to work for me and nothing, you know, working all the way it's working most of the way, but not, you know, you have those missing pieces and it's good to just get out of, you know, these I was in a lot of carnivore groups, keto groups, nothing was really fitting. And so, yeah, just get out of some of these other places that aren't working for you. Yeah. And I, I encourage people, I'm like, pick one. Yeah. Pick one and try it, you know, give it a good solid 30 days of an honest try, unless you feel horrible. Like if you feel horrible immediately, then don't, don't give it 30 days, but give it 30 days and really try it. And then reassess at those 30 days and go, did it work enough for me to continue? Did I get enough benefits for me to justify continuing to do this? Or did I get some bad results? And do I need to switch it up again? And sometimes the best option is to go back to what you were doing before. It's almost like cleansing your palate. You know, go back to what you were doing for another 30 days And then try something new afterwards. Because what my problem was, was I did something that worked amazingly. I did high fat keto. Mm -hmm. And now I'm high fat carnivore. Like, as long as you accept the fact that I do coconut oil, that is literally the only thing from the plant kingdom and coffee. But technically, (laughs) we don't talk about coffee. No, no, don't touch my coffee. (laughs) So now I'm high fat carnivore. But high fat is where I was good. Mm -hmm. But instead of, you know, I I switched to one thing and then that didn't work. So I switched to something else and then that didn't work. And I switched to something else and I kept going forward, but I kept going downhill forward. 
it wasn't a good progression. It would have been better for me to step back and go, let me go back over here where it was working versus trying to chase rabbit trail after rabbit trail and going off in 18 different directions. And then it's been three and a half years that I went, oh, I remember what worked. Okay, I'm going back. Yeah. Three and a half years. (laughs) So maybe step back, cleanse your palate, go back to what worked for you, and then try something new. And we can do this little dance back forward, back forward until you find something that works. And then that's your new normal. Yeah. And I do find, you know, with my own journey that sometimes things that worked for a while, um, one day they just stop working. And then you have to kind of reassess and say, okay, well, what, what do we need to change? Because our bodies are always healing and changing. And sometimes you do need to kind of switch it up and reintroduce something. Um, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like high fat keto for me now does not work because those darn plants do not work. Yes. I can attest to that. And I, and that's why I was going back and forth too, because for about, I was trying to heal gut issues and inflammation and just all these things. Um, and I was doing mostly plant-based keto. Um, I didn't know that I could eat meat. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that I could eat lots of meat and be healthier, but I was doing that for about four years. And like you said, I had issues where my throat would close up. And this was in like 2015. Um, I was eating mostly salads because I didn't know what to eat. You know, I didn't know that I could eat bacon and, you know. <laughs> Because fat was bad. So, and red meat gives you cancer. Yeah. And red meat gives you cancer. I thought that red meat and um, pork were just really bad for you. So, I didn't really start eating those, introducing those until like 2016. And I was amazed by how well it lit up my brain, was the first thing. I was like, wow, I'm getting high off of red meat. This is weird. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. And, and that's, that's where we start. Mm -hmm. Y'all don't see that. You don't see where we started. Like we can show you before pictures and you go, Oh wow. Yeah. You've changed a lot, but that's where everybody starts and we have to find our own way. So don't get discouraged and don't, don't ask us, what do you do? So I can do exactly what you do. So I can get the results that you got. I didn't do this first. This was step 15 on my journey. It was a natural progression. Some of it was ugly. Mm -hmm. Some of it has been amazing. And you have to follow your own path. So there's no guarantee that if I tell you exactly what I eat and I do, because I put that up on my channel, exactly what I eat. I don't lie about any of it. I tell you guys exactly what I do because I want to be fully transparent. But then people will come back and go, I ate what you ate and my numbers don't look like that. And it's like, (laughs) we're not the same. And we could have underlying issues. Um, Like I know that I have some that I need to look into. And and after seeing your video, you're about some things that you found out. Um, and if you wouldn't mind sharing it, um, I was, it opened my eyes like, oh, wow. I wonder if I have some of these 
issues that I can get checked out because I've been exposed to, you know, a lot of the same things that you um, have been dealing with too. So yeah, let us know what, what are some of those things? So I, I would say that I'm probably 90, 95% better than I was when I started on this journey, Mm -hmm. but I was starting to slide back down and I was like, all right, not getting better. I'm getting worse. Some things are starting to happen. And I just knew that there was something wrong, but I didn't know what every doctor that's ever looked at me says I am ridiculously healthy, beautiful. You know, I'm right on the verge of the healthy weight to crossing over into the overweight, but I'm, you know, still for my age and nowadays that's fantastic. And I'm like, but something's wrong. So I ended up having to start working with a functional medicine practitioner because that's the only way you're going to find out what you want to know. A lot of times, unless you have a fantastic doctor, and if you do, then please hold on to them until they retire. Yeah. But I, I got some functional tests done. So I did a hormone panel. I did a Dutch test and I did a stool test mm-hmm. and I got my just regular functional medicine panel. I went uh, to the zoom meeting to get my results. And she asked me, she said, um, have you ever been tested for Lyme disease? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes. And it came back negative, but I was pretty sure it was wrong mm-hmm. because of some certain symptoms. And she goes, we're going to need to test again because there's these two numbers on my panels that came back. And she said, these are only ever this low when the person has Lyme disease. Oh, okay. So got tested again and came up with two strains of Lyme, an older one and a newer one. And by the CDC standards, I don't have Lyme disease. Oh. <laughs> but by alternative measures, I do. Wow. So not only that, we found that out, but along with the Lyme, I have several co-infections. And the ones that are really the bad ones are Epstein-Barr virus, mm-hmm. tick-borne relapsing fever, Bartonella, human granulocytic uh, oh shoot. What is it? It's human granulocytic anaplasmosis. There we go. HGA parvovirus. Okay. I'm like, that was a dog thing. I thought, but okay. Um, Toxoplasma Gandhi and streptococcal a are all of the co-infections. Then we also found out that I happen to have an overgrowth of H pylori mm-hmm. and also blood in my stool, a decent amount that has actually kind of put everything on hold. My functional medicine practitioner said, um, you're going to need to go see a gastroenterologist about this before we can do anything else, because this is the worst number that I've ever seen in 15 years for the amount of blood in my stool. Wow. He said, Oh, okay. The, uh, the range was anything under 10 and uh, minus 78. And she said that in 15 years, she's only seen one other number that was elevated to that extent. It was a 24. Wow. So in between insurances, I uh, finally got my card. 
So now I will be able to go get established with a primary care person and then go see a gastroenterologist and move forward from there. And yet I'm 95% functioning. Uh, And it was because of these types of problems that I went back to my roots of high fat. Mm -hmm. And as long as I am in the high fat and in ketosis, actual therapeutic levels of ketosis, my pain is almost completely gone. I do farm chores around here probably five hours a day, whether it's lugging around 50 pounds of grain and taking it out to my emus or the chickens. I just got today a new little fawn that has been injured. So now I'm going to be doing rehab with him, bottle feeding and there's so many things around the farm that I have to do, mucking out pens, carrying things, fighting with 150 pound emus. It is possible because I'm in ketosis and the difference from when I, before I, I remember it was about a week before I remembered and got back into ketosis. Uh, Dr. Boz, I did a recording with her and she said, you know, doesn't really matter what the diagnosis is. The treatment's the same. Yeah. But it was about a week before that I was talking to my husband at night and he said, we need to get up early and do this. And I just broke down crying. And I said, I can't, I can't get up early. I can literally physically feel my health slipping away from me. And it's terrifying me. Mm-hmm. I can't get up in the morning. There's some mornings I can't even get up out of bed. I hurt so much and the mental fog was beginning to get so extreme and found out about Dr. Boz about a week after that Mm -hmm. and immediately switched back over within three days. My pain was beginning to subside within a week. I had my mental clarity back within two weeks. My energy had come back again. And within three weeks, I'm throwing around 50 pound bags of feed. Like it's no big deal. Wow. Completely turned everything. I've been going downhill for six months Mm -hmm. since I incorporated the higher protein and I was still pretty high fat. I mean, a hundred grams of fat, but I was a hundred, 150 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. And even one-to-one you know, 150 grams of fat, 150 grams of protein. I was getting sicker and sicker by the day. I've got autoimmune conditions that are showing up on the blood test. We're not sure, you know, which ones are which yet, but Mm -hmm. I have almost no symptoms now. And so I kind of, I kind of rocked the boat a little over a month ago (laughs) because I came out and I was like, guess what? (gasps) Yeah. I'm changing things up. I'm going back to the super high fat. I am reducing protein way down. You know, when you're coming from 150 grams of protein every day, 70 grams seems like you're going to die because of all the things that we're told. And yet my, my health was giving us a very clear picture that what I was doing was not working. And now I have found my magic ticket. So I'm sharing that because so many people are in the same boat. It's not working. I'm getting worse. I'm not getting better. I'm gaining weight. I'm tired. My brain. Yeah. So 
that's why we do what we do. That's why we share. Someone told me, oh, you're all over the board. You're right, because I'm still looking for what's going to work for me. And I'm going to take you guys with me the whole time. Yeah, and I just love it, Amy, because I love how real you are with your journey. And you're not just saying, well, this one thing, which a lot of influencers out there say and really confuse people, um, this one thing works for you, for everybody to lose weight, to fix everything and heal everything. Just, just eat the meat and um, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, so many of those things. That's the worst advice I've ever heard. (laughs) I know. I wish, and I'll be real, I am jealous. I wish that I was one of those people that could just eat meat and get better. And I think that they do exist, but I think that they're about 20% of the population that does this, not the 80%. It's the 80% that say, I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get, I got a lot. I did get a lot, but I didn't get everything some stuff is actually getting worse. And that's, yeah, that's where the problem comes in with all you got to do is because there is no one size fits all. If I could just eat meat and get healthy, I would be absolutely thrilled. And yet I wouldn't be here. And how many people would still feel like they're alone, that they're the odd one out that it's not working for when in fact it's 80% of people, it's not working for the way it was promised. So you're really not alone. And I think that saying it out loud, that it didn't work for me, that's nobody does that. Nobody runs around saying this didn't work for me. They say, yeah, no, I, I got, I got this and this. I did. Cause I mean, it did work like 50% worked because they don't want to be shunned. They don't want to be told, well, you didn't do it well enough. You didn't do it hard enough. You didn't do it right. You didn't do grass fed, grass finished with organ meats and unsalted carry gold butter. <laughs> but I did and it still didn't work. <laughs> so people are so afraid of being shamed. And that's why we're not talking about it. So I'm the black sheep. I'm the odd duck out. I am the weird one that's going to go, guess what? Come over to my island of misfit toys where you're accepted if it didn't work and you're not going to be shamed or scorned because you're still secretly on diet sodas. <laughs> I'll help yeah. you. I'll help you get there when you're ready, but you have to be ready. So many people try this and they're not ready. And then they fail and they try again and they fail and they try again and they fail. And all they see is their failures. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to love you right where you are. You let me know when you're ready to move forward and then we can do it together. I love that. I love that. Um, and it's been such a joy and a pleasure to talk to you today, Amy. And I love your perspective and all the work that you're doing to help so many people. Um, and remind us, where can we find you? I know where, I know you're on YouTube and Instagram. Um, I'm so bad at Instagram. Oh my (laughs) gosh. I'm so bad at Instagram. Um, everywhere I am carnivores angel with an apostrophe S, uh, it's possessive. I am all carnivores angel and the angel in that equation. Um, but everywhere I'm carnivores angel or Amy 
carnivores angel, amy.carnivoresangel on Instagram. And uh, Emily Penton and I are actually about to do a workshop. Oh. And it is called Beyond Carnivore. Ooh, I love that. And I love Amy. She's a close friend of mine too. Oh, yes, Emily. I know. She is. I love Emily. Um, Yeah. And I have interviewed her too. And her story is amazing. yeah, she's one of those beef and salt and water only people. And yet yeah. she's one of my favorite people on the face of this planet. And we're going to do this workshop together because mm-hmm. sometimes for some people, you know, everyone sees carnivores like the ultimate. Oh, I'm, I'm keto. I could never be that tough, you know, or sometimes you go carnivore and it's just not enough. So where do you go when it doesn't work? Mm-hmm. So we're going to show you guys how to go beyond carnivore. Yeah. And I love that you talk about, um, it's not just the food because mm-hmm. I think everyone focuses on the food, but what I, for me, I found that I do, you know, I just started doing the float. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a place here and it's, you know, I have never gone and me and my husband just started doing that. We do a sauna, we do ice bath, um, once in a while, <laughs> but like I said, like, I'm not religious about doing these things, but I do them when I can, you know, and they do, they just help so much. And yeah. so it's not just about what you eat. <laughs> no, it's not. There's some, we are not closed systems. If we were, then it could be all about what we eat, but we're not. And we are fluid. We are flexible and finding what works for us is is my goal on every platform with every approach i love having a an array of people on my channel that tout different things because no one size fits all and somebody needs to hear that message and that will be their golden ticket maybe it's not mine but it doesn't have to be as long as it helps someone move in the right direction then that is my goal i love it amy And then you have, your group is on the Mighty Network too. I Uh, do. And so I will put a link below to all your groups and your page and your amazing YouTube channel too. Oh, Um, thank you. (laughs) Which everyone needs to subscribe to. I just love, I love how you have your kids sometimes in your videos and you have just funny outtakes and it's, it's actually just so entertaining. My kids had to take over my live on my last uh, the last one that I did because someone showed up with a chicken and I had to go deal with that. So I put my kids in charge. Oh, <laughs> my live on YouTube. It's perfect. And your little doll, your daughter, Bella, she's so cute. Aww. Yes. Oh, that's the one. That's the one that changed my life. Yes. Kids are amazing. They change our lives. They teach us, you know, they lead us in the right direction for sure. Yes, they do. I know that you have things to do today, Amy, but I appreciate you. um, And I will see you in the Mighty Network. (laughs) Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. If you loved this episode, I would just love it if you would go over to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating or review. It really helps more people find the information on this podcast. If you need help getting started on your journey, I'm your girl. I would love to be your coaching guide. 
I offer a free 30-minute discovery call over at rockandrosawellness.com. Let's find what works best for you. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Until then, don't forget to rock your best life.